Greetings, everyone. Welcome to the podcast, Priest, Brother, and You, where we talk about your deepest questions from life on campus. I am Father Jake, joined by Brother Matthew, and we have a great show for you today. Also joined by Danielle Quast, a student here at the University of Minnesota. Brother Matthew here. Danielle is a senior studying nursing. Danielle, why did you decide to study nursing? Um, I would say... I've always had a heart for service, and I think the aspects of healthcare drew drew close to me. Um, the aspects of like healing, um, healthcare is also just huge service. Um, and I knew I wanted to be in a profession that was greater than me, um, so it just seemed to fit me. That's great. That's great. I love talking about my sister, who's also a nurse and gets to experience a similar thing: caring for people through her profession. So Danielle, nursing is related, as we understand it, to the question you wanted to talk about today. Is that right? Yeah. And what yeah. is that? Um, so I really would like to know how the Catholic Church, um, like the teaching behind birth control um, and like the ethics behind that, and then um, myself as like a, a future nurse, how I can implement this teaching into my patient care. Hmm. Wow. Okay. <laughs> Going off the deep here. <laughs> Maybe it might be helpful just for to have a little disclaimer on this topic when it comes to uh, the topic of Catholicism and contraception. Um, this topic is, I think it's worthy to just have a little disclaimer by saying this is uh, a topic that can really rile some nerves at times. And sometimes many people, even amongst Catholics, don't really know what the church actually teaches on this topic. So sometimes we can have some um, erroneous views about what the church might teach on this. Um, but it also uh, is a topic that uh, is, is, is a very important topic, but it can be hard to talk about, especially where people have had experiences or just conversations where this can easily kind of prick their conscience or prick their heart. Uh, we just say that we're just going to have this casual conversation talking about this and uh, and the hope that the, the light of the Lord's truth can can illuminate uh, this conversation. And it's a topic where the world, of course, takes a very different perspective on, very different. So, Danielle, what would be your experience of how, say, as a nursing student, this topic is approached in your coursework or even more broadly? Yeah. Um, so, from my experience, a lot of it is... Uh, presented in lecture um, where it's basically like, okay, if you don't want to get, if you like you have a patient comes up to you and it's like, okay, like I don't want to be pregnant. Um, what are ways that I can like not become pregnant? And so like, we're just taught like basically like very straightforward of like, oh, okay. So there's things like condoms and there's things like the pill and we don't really go into how they impact like the body drastically. Like if that makes sense, like we kind of like brush over it superficially. Um, but we don't dive in into like the psychological, um, aspect. Um, it's kept pretty physical, I would say, and not psychological or really spiritual at all. Um, I wonder if you, preliminary points would help us to start thinking about this issue. So a couple of things I might mention in this in this regard is that it can seem like contraception is a small thing. 
it's something you find in every drugstore contraceptives right next to whatever toothbrushes and other other things which are totally neutral or in fact good please brush your teeth but i think we want to we want to recognize that small things even physically small things can make a big difference to give a kind of grim example there's a big difference between shooting a deer and turning by two degrees and shooting your friend who's standing next to the deer. And there's a big, big difference here. So we don't want to assume from the outset there that, that there's something insignificant about, about contraception. And again, I would just underline Father Jake's point there is we're, we're talking about the Catholic Church regards deliberate contraception as a sin, but we're not talking about culpability. So it seems that most Christians, maybe most Catholics, don't actually know the church's teaching on contraception. They've never heard of it. They've never understood it. And they can't be faulted for what they don't understand. So it's great to be talking about it today. Yeah. And Danielle, I I kind of presume, but maybe I shouldn't, that when you're talking about this scenario of you know a person coming up and saying, hey, I don't want to get pregnant, are we talking about like ministering or being a nurse or a medical practitioner in a public hospital or a public setting as opposed to like a Catholic hospital? And I just say that because, you know, as a Catholic hospital, a Catholic institution, kind of across the board by definition, uh, we wouldn't be... Uh, promoting this in any way, shape, or form. So I assume you're talking about kind of ministering in a, in a public setting. Yeah, yeah, I am. And a lot of it is like I, I attend a public university. And so like that's the education I'm receiving is strictly like from a public public's perspective. Mm-hmm. Got it. Got it. So I wonder if we should try to review to start. Why does the Catholic Church hold that deliberate contraception is wrong? Should we throw that over to you, Father Jake? Sure. Yeah. And there's uh, a great deal of good information out there. Uh, I would highly recommend, among other things, uh, the encyclical in 19, from 1968 from Pope Paul VI, Humanae Vitae, which just is Latin uh, for on human life. And it was a landmark thing. But what most people, even many Catholics don't know, is that that wasn't the first time uh, that the church said no to contraception. Uh, the church has always always been uh, promoting human life and the flourishing of the human person holistically. It's always been against contraception. That was the first very official stance that it took, but it was always in the culture of Catholicism that this was always wrong. Um, But in that encyclical letter, uh, for those who maybe are not aware, the the pill or contraception in earnest um, came about around 1960. But even up until 1930, up until what's called the Lambeth Conference, not only the Catholic Church, but every Christian denomination, every single one, was against contraception. No Christian denomination anywhere was was promoting it or accepting it. So in that encyclical letter of Pope Paul VI in 1968, that was the first real official, like in writing, very public declaration of what is this and why is it wrong? And what is going to happen if we start to legalize it across the board? And in that encyclical letter, Pope Paul VI gave some very prophetic warnings, like what's going to happen if we start really bringing this into the fabric of society? And among other things, he said it would increase marital infidelity. Again, this is in 1968. It would, there would happen a general lowering of moral standards There would be an increase of the objectification of women, especially by men. 
Uh, there would be a growing government interference in marriage and procreation, and really it would increase the unlimited dominion of the person to make radical decisions about their body, gender, etc. So that was in 1968. And this was, I think, uh, a very prophetic warning that Pope Paul VI gave. Oh, if the world really goes the direction of okaying contraception, and just by way of definition, contraception, according to the Catholic Church, or just contraception by definition anywhere, is anything, uh, action or method, either before, at the moment of, or after sexual intercourse, is specifically intended to prevent procreation. So specifically intended to prevent procreation, either before, at the moment of, or after sexual intercourse. And Pope Paul VI said that, that reality of contraception, uh, if we begin to societally make this the law of the land, so to speak, and okay it and even promote it, it will come with some very dire warnings that go beyond, but certainly touch on bodily effects and what will happen in the body, emotional, spiritual, and societal. Talking about marriages, the culture of society, uh, male-female relations, etc. So that's just a, just a brief overview. Uh, did, I, did I miss anything? Maybe if I can summarize. So Father Jake has just given us why the, the Catholic Church holds this position on contraception using an argument first from tradition and then second from its effects. When we actually do use it, we see what happens to our society. We might also add to that an argument from Scripture. In this case, very simple. Although Scripture does not directly treat contraception as we know it today, the Scripture is very uniform about saying that children are a blessing and infertility is seen across the board as a curse, something to be healed from. In addition to that, the Bible rules out all kinds of sexual acts in which procreation is rendered impossible. Bestiality, for example, it names explicitly. And then finally, there is there is a certain kind of contraception traditionally called onanism, which is mentioned in Genesis 38, which is also prohibited. But I think, I think for us, I think John Paul II has made a helpful contribution in this area in, in his theology of the body, helping us understand that that as persons, we are made for self-gift. And it's from that, that fundamental premise we begin to see why contraception contradicts who we are as persons and what sexual intercourse is supposed to be. John Paul II says, in effect, that the possibility of self-gift is inscribed on our very bodies. That's what masculinity and femininity means, is that we're made for another. So great, if, you're a, if you are a sea coral, then you can re reproduce by cloning or budding or whatever you do, some kind of asexual reproduction. But if you're a human, you can only reproduce by communion with another. And combined with our free will, therefore our bodies allow us to make a free gift of ourselves. So why are we self-giving beings? Because we are made in the image of God the ultimate self-giver. Now, here's where we start to draw near to contraception <clears throat> in this way. So sexual union as the preeminent bodily expression of self-gift is intended to express and communicate God's love. For after all, we are made in the image of God. 
So sex is not some unnatural behavior, but it's a participation in God's love. Here's the problem. If sex is supposed to be a participation in God's love, it must have the qualities of God's love. For example, God says, I love you forever. So sex has to say, I am yours until death do us part. But another example, since God, God's love holds nothing back, since God's love is total, sex must hold nothing back. And there's the problem with contraception, understood through, understood through the theology of the body, that contraceptive sex is, is not total self-gift. It holds something back. Maybe from another angle, God's love is creative. He created the world out of love. And so he has designed human love, the deepest expression of human love, to be creative. But contraceptive sex is, is not creative. It prevents new life. So maybe we can say it like this. Since, since sex is meant to be, in God's design, total and fruitful self-gift, a sign of God's love, contraceptive sex, here's a bold claim, is not really sex. It's using the other person for pleasure. If you will, it's a kind of mutual masturbation. Now, this isn't... Uh, I think without without the church's teaching here, we might not under we might not grasp this point. But now, having heard it, we realize, oh yeah, contraceptive sex does hold something back, and in a certain way, I am using the other person. But but maybe we can put it more positively. Natural sex, non-contraceptive sex, is the only kind of sex which is truly romantic. It means that he is giving himself completely to her. And she is allowing herself to be given completely to him, or however you want to turn the phrase, the fullest, the fullest extent of their souls, the fullest extent of their bodies are given to one another. Anything less is a departure from the meaning of sex. Yeah, so even coming down to a, a very helpful principle when it comes to taking what brother matthew just said that that very powerful it's, it's beautiful but it's not naively beautiful it is the teaching of the church and so bringing that just down into the medical field just by way of a simple principle <laughs> as catholics especially in the medical field we would say that contraception is not uh health because it's actually going against something that's healthy so uh, again, what Brother Matthew said, to be contraception is literally from the Latin to be against the beginning, the beginning of new life. And that's when the body is working well <laughs> and it's correct functioning. It's actually doing what the body is supposed to do. And so contraception is actually not health care. You're actually denying the proper health and the well-being of a properly functioning body. So I don't want to be naive when I say just this, this kind of blunt statement, but suppose you know, a, a person comes up um, saying, you know, I really don't want to get pregnant. Uh, can you help me out with that? As a healthcare professional, you say, there's nothing wrong with you. <laughs> and, to, and to give you something to prevent getting pregnant, it actually would be going against the nature of me being a healthcare professional 
not even a Catholic, just being a healthcare professional. Um, and again, the blunt principle I was going to say is the, if you do not want to get pregnant, there, there is actually a hundred percent effective method for that. It's called abstinence. And so that might startle people because they're like, wait a minute, that's not what I want to do. Ah, so then we're not really talking about healthcare per se. We're talking about the way in which you want to live your life that is in accord with your desires. Now, that is something different. So really, when, we, when people, especially even non-Catholics say, contraception, you know, that's just a Catholic thing. Uh, no, this is a, we're talking about a human thing. It's not even so much against um, Catholics per se. Again, it wasn't until 1930 that every Christian denomination was against it because it addresses something very human. Uh, you don't have to know all the Catholic beliefs uh, or truths and believe in them in order to see that contraception is actually going against someone's good in the medical in the medical profession. Mm-hmm. I don't know, Danielle, thoughts so far? We, we've said quite a bit here. I have a lot of thoughts. Um, so like, I think one thing that needs to be said is I think a lot of times people, when they think of contraception, they only think of the pill. Um, and I just want to say like, this also includes using like IUDs and condoms as well. Um, and there's like other things like spermicide among other. Um, so I, I think a lot of times people just automatically are like, Oh, the pill, the pill is bad because hormones and like, yeah, a lot of my notes actually are on oral contraceptives. Um, but I think it's important that, um, and I, I, I wish um, more healthcare providers were educated in this sense, um, knowing the history and fully explaining the implications of using oral contraceptives. Um, and like something that I know that I wanted to make very clear because I learned this, um, there are three major mechanisms of actions from uh, oral contraceptives. One, it prevents ovulation. Um, a second, it thickens the cervical mucus. And maybe I should actually just say what each of these mean. Prevents ovulation. So if there's no ovulation, there's no egg that can be re- released to, to become fertilized. Um, the thickening of cervical mucus, this prevents sperm from actually being able to travel. And the third, and this makes me, this made me so sad, like super, super sad. The third is um, oral contraceptives thin the utero like a woman's uterus lining and this basically means that even if for like even if it goes beyond like everything like let's say an egg becomes fertilized um there's a fairly good chance that the woman's uterus cannot um hold like the life that has been conceived and she will essentially have a miscarriage um which just like i learned that and i was like oh my gosh <laughs> like just purely medical standpoint like this it's just like building up this woman to like not be able to be able to support a life and and like that's just like I'm thinking about like long term like there's women who like I was reading through testimonies and there's women who were like I'm having such a hard time conceiving right now because like my my I I can't because my uterus is like not able to hold this life that now like me and my significant other, my spouse wants to conceive. Um, yeah. 
Danielle, you raise some good points here. As you say, it's not just oral contraceptives that we're talking about, but all kinds, including those that are actually abortive. And yeah, it is very saddening that oral contraceptives, like any strong drug, can do real harm to the user and a harm that isn't often talked about. So, Danielle, you had mentioned um, that this was a big conversation for you, like amongst your peers. <laughs> are these your Catholic peers? Are these your non-Catholic peers? And if they're your non-Catholic peers, like why has this been or how has this been a real topic of discussion? Yeah. Um, so my cohort is made up of primarily women. Probably It's probably like 75% women. Um, and actually... I think the biggest memory that I have is Planned Parenthood came into um, Moose Tower and they set up a table and like, that's not weird to have organizations do that. But I remember like these women like flocked to the table and I remember like they got stickers and like stuff like that. And they came back and the girl sitting next to me was like, isn't this like so cool? Like, isn't this so great? And I remember I was like, no, (laughs) like I basically, I like, I didn't want to like, I was a little afraid to like start a, like almost start a fight. Um, and it's just like, I think a lot of women, it's, it's hard to say. Cause I think a lot of women in my cohort, they just like, I don't know. They just, they want what's best for the individual. But sometimes I worry that like, it's not as wholesome, like holistic. Their approach isn't as holistic. Did I answer? I don't know if I answered your question. Yeah, I think you're getting at the, so it's it's been very popular with your peers to talk about it, not so much like from the standpoint of view, like questioning various things. Mm-hmm. Is this good? Is this true? If not, why not? But it seems like they're talking about it because they're almost celebrating it. Like, look how much we can do. Yeah. Would that be right? Yeah. Um, there's like not as much questioning, like you yeah. were saying, like people just like, I don't know. It's It's like, when you're approaching something like medical, it's like, okay, well, like A to B, like obviously like, but like there's, it's like a straight line for a lot of people. It's like, okay, we use contraceptives so we don't get pregnant. But like, in my mind, I'm like, yeah, but like, what about this and that and that? And I mean, it could just be because my, my, I was raised Catholic and like, I just like have been taught to like ask more questions and not just like jump into something. Let's take a look at why so many people see contraception as an obviously good thing. It's this, that contraception sets women free. That's the underlying assumption, that contraception sets women free. And if it's true, no wonder it's praised indiscriminately in our culture, because it sounds like a really good thing. So as Catholics, though, we should ask, free from what exactly? Seemingly the so-called unfortunate burden of childbearing and motherhood. Here's the problem, as Father Jake mentioned, when something so natural as motherhood is stripped from womanhood, then it leads so easily to the objectification of women. But the Catholic Church says to women, your womanhood is good just as it is. And men should love you and cherish you without needing to have intercourse with you. And when a truly loving man pursues you and then marries you, then the gift of your sexuality can realize itself in an even greater gift, new life. That's the glory of motherhood. That's the glory in you. 
Okay, okay. But so by ruling out contraception, the Catholic Church is not saying that spouses need to have an infinite number of children. So it's true. The Catholic Church loves life and loves large families, but she also recognizes that there are sometimes reasons why a family cannot continue to grow. The Church's solution, however, is not contraception, but rather what's called natural family planning. This is probably a good time to mention it. Natural family planning, NFP. NFP is a method of regulating births according to a woman's natural cycles of fertility. Wait, wait, wait. So you're probably thinking, isn't NFP just another version of contraception? Not quite. They, they might look similar, and it's true they have the same end, the same effects, but there really is a big difference in the means. Like this. Contraception is having sex while thwarting conception. NFP, on the other hand, is having sex at certain times. So one has an act of thwarting, an act of prevention, an act against nature that the other one does not. So here's an example. It's summer break, you're at home, and you want to invite your friend over to hang out, whatever you do. And your little sister is at home too. So here's the problem. If she sees you with your friend, she's going to want to hang out too, but she's really young and it's not going to be any fun if she's with you guys. You want to have an intelligent conversation about something and she's way too young for that. So you have two options. First one, invite your friend over anyways. The problem is that you're going to have to reject your little sister. When she comes over, she's, you have to say, no, we don't want you here. You have to thwart the possibility of her presence. But there's another option. Just wait until next week when your sister is at soccer camp. That's kind of how NFP works. And it works well, actually. When it's used correctly, it's 99% effective. But more than that, it also simply promotes intimacy between the spouses. They have to know one another's bodies. And often enough, they have to experience the discipline of abstinence together. Yeah, so maybe uh, we've thrown a lot out there, but um, just to kind of draw this back to a little bit of a close, like, gosh, what do we do going forward? <laughs> to anyone listening to this, I would assume, but probably shouldn't, that most people listening to this are probably Catholics. But even if you're not, some good things to really consider is to really seek to be stretched a little bit in seeking to understand not just what the church teaches, but why she teaches what she does. Because ultimately, getting in touch with the why will really help with the practicals of living life in a way that now the teaching is not something just theoretical that I can kind of get really uh, flustered about because, oh, if only the church would change. Well, actually, I think when we really seek to understand the why, and that takes courage, it really does when it pushes us or stretches us a little bit. Um, but there's something so powerful to getting in touch with the why the church teaches the way she does. So that'd be the first thing I would mention. Uh, and Danielle, maybe something just to consider if, if you do have any Catholic colleagues, people that you can foster friendships with, to not just do this by yourself, <laughs> uh, as helpful as that can be, but to really seek to find like-minded persons who can do this with you. Uh, I think that is so powerful. And to that end, there's a number of great Catholic uh, organizations and institutions for medical professionals precisely in this area. So it's not just that you have to feel like you're isolated or alone and trying to figure out how to be Catholic. Uh, no, this is one of the great ways to spread the gospel of the Lord 
uh, as being in the role of being laity, which is actually to bring the gospel into the secular arena where everyone's rejoicing in the ways of the world. Uh, Christ offers something deeper and far more profound. So when we are seeking to get in touch with the what and the why, in addition to doing that within community, with friendships, wow, can that really begin to be a leaven uh, for that darkness. So yes, the Catholic Church opposes contraception, but by doing so, she has preserved the true meaning of sex. So there's a, there's a terrible irony at work that in our sex-crazed culture, it's married Catholics who get to experience the real thing. So what do you do if you're a nurse and you're asked to provide contraception? Again, as a nurse, your job is to heal and not to provide whatever people want. If a man comes in asking for heroin, don't provide it. Fortunately, many states still protect the right of healthcare workers to decline providing a certain treatment or a certain medicine or a certain thing in the case of contraception. So many states still respect conscientious, conscientious objection in the, in the healthcare field. Danielle, thanks for being with us today. This is a really tough topic. Thanks for all who are listening with us today. Just ask that we, as Father Jake said, carefully pray about this and consider what's what's deeper here. The meaning of sex is at stake when we talk about contraception. Thank you, Danielle. Thanks, Thank brother. You, thanks. thanks all for listening. Have a beautiful rest of the day. <laughs>